It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. When life hands you scraps, make a quilt. This is what Jamie Arnall shared with me, and that's exactly what she did with her life. She has such a wonderful attitude. You can hear the excitement and warmth in our conversation. I also want to thank Shay and Michelle Watson of The Pantry Podcast for connecting me with Jamie. Jamie, I'm so glad you could be on A Quilter's Life with me today. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh-huh. Let's jump in with where were you born and raised? I was born and raised right here in Granby, Missouri. Do you have a special childhood memory? I remember spending a lot of time with my great-grandmother. She lived in the same town I lived in, and so my dad would drop us off in the mornings. She would get us ready for school because he had to go to work really early, and then we would walk to school from her house. She was a really neat person. How cool that you could spend time with your great-grandmother. Most people don't have that opportunity. I was very blessed. She was really neat. Can you tell me about your employment? I work full-time at my quilt shop right now. I was a teacher. I taught for 13 years. Actually, we got so busy here at the shop. I was teaching and running the shop at the same time, so I had to make a decision, and I ended up going ahead and leaving teaching, and it was bittersweet. I love both of them. I ended up leaving teaching and working at my shop full-time. Let's jump back to your teaching for a minute here. What grades or... Subject? Yeah, what grades or (laughs) subjects did you teach? I taught kindergarten through eighth grade special ed, and I was cross-cat, so we did math, reading, and writing with the kids. So choosing to work with special ed, what kind of process did you use to go from regular ed to special ed? In all honesty, there really wasn't a process for me. I ended up being moved out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, My ex-husband bought the chicken farm from his parents. And there was no job where I was at, except for a school that was close by. So I went there and I worked in the after-school program. And the lady who ran the after-school program, she was the current special ed teacher. And she said that I had a knack for that kind of thing. And she wanted me to take over her classroom the next year because she was going to be the principal. So she actually talked me into going back to school. I have a psych degree, but I went back to school, studied teaching got my teaching certificate while I was teaching. So I just kind of got placed there um, as a special ed teacher, but I do love it. It's the best place to be in the school. (laughs) (laughs) Neat. You mentioned that you now live where you were born and raised, but you also mentioned that you had moved away. Where all did you live between I lived in Bethpage. I mentioned that Jonathan, which is my ex-husband, he bought his family's chicken farm. And then in 2009, we really lost everything. I ended up losing the farm and having a divorce. And it was a really rough year. But my dad and I, we were remodeling a house here in Granby. It was one of the oldest houses in town. So I moved into the house we were remodeling. So that's what brought me back to Granby. 
Is that the only house you have remodeled? No. When I was going to college up in Springfield, we remodeled a house in Springfield. But here in Granby, we've actually remodeled three buildings downtown and two houses. How fun. Is that an ongoing hobby for you? Yes. That's one of my other favorite hobbies. I love to save pieces of history, especially buildings and houses. I imagine what the original builders felt, and I want to save that. They must have loved it at one point in time. And especially here in Granby, we are the oldest mining town here in this area. So I hate to lose any of our history. So we try to save as much as we can. Yeah. Thinking of the town's history, do you have family history there? I do. Most of my family is from here in Granby, and lots of them still live here. I have several aunts, uncles. My daughter actually bought a house here. She actually works for me, too. I have lots of family here, honestly. Nice. Besides quilting, what other crafts do you do or have you done? I really haven't done much of crafts, per se. I spend a lot of time with my kids. We play board games and online games. But basically, when I'm not playing games with my kids or remodeling, I'm a workaholic. I love being at my shop. I love quilting. I love doing all of that. Are your kids able to help you out at the store at all? My two younger ones do not. My younger ones are 10 and 13, a boy and a girl. But my oldest daughter, she actually works here. And the really neat part about that is she just had my first grandbaby. Congratulations. uh, Yes, it's very exciting. She had her in August. So she brings her to work every day. So I get to not only work with my daughter, I get to work with my granddaughter. Really neat. Cool. Who introduced you to quilting? My ex-husband's grandmother and mother would quilt. I watched them. Actually, they didn't quilt. They pieced the quilts, and I would watch them do that, and I always thought that was a really neat, neat thing. They never really taught me how, but I just kind of watched them and figured out how to do it myself. So did you take a class later on, or did you just figure it out? I just figured it out. I watched some YouTube tutorials. And then, this is going to sound really bad, but in all honesty, I started quilting just by hand. I started piecing by hand. And my ex-husband wasn't very nice to me at times. So he would tease me and make fun of me. So I quit. I never picked up another piece of fabric for, gosh, probably 10 years. And then I had a friend who talked me into making a quilt because I told them that I thought it was neat. And they were like, just watch these YouTube tutorials. You can do it. And I did. And I have loved it ever since. (laughs) But people here teach me lots of stuff. I've been in business for five years. Quilters are amazing. They will teach you all they know and then some, and it's just wonderful. So I've learned a ton. Describe your favorite quilt or quilt pattern. My very favorite quilt that has ever walked through the door here was made by Nancy Boydston. It was a peacock. And a lot of people are kind of down on panels. Panels aren't my favorite thing, but she took these panels and she cut them into one block wonders. And she put them all around this peacock. It's in one of my pictures on my Facebook page. It was absolutely stunning. And I can never forget that peacock quilt because it was just absolutely gorgeous. That's been my all-time favorite quilt that I've ever seen. Cool. Cool. 
when making your quilts, do you have a favorite color palette to work with? I like a lot of the teals and greens. I do like newspaper prints. I love those. And then grunge, you know, uh, Moda grunge. I use a lot of that. Those aren't colors, but those are styles I really like. Yeah. How about a favorite tool to work with? Okay, I have about three favorite tools. One, one of my customers from Okinawa, she brought me a stiletto. It's got a really nice sharp point, and it does everything I need it to do. It's just amazing. And then I have a square-on-square trim tool that I use for my snail's trail, and which that's another pattern that I really love. And then I think an automatic thread cutter on a sewing machine is just the neatest invention. It's just (laughs) amazing. I know it sounds silly, but that's one of my very favorite things, too. Neat. I like those tools that we take for granted. We realize it. Oh, yeah. What would I do Mm -hmm. without that? (laughs) Just those everyday little things. It's the little things in life that makes it great, right? Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about your favorite part of the quilting process. My very favorite part is the challenge of designing a square. I like to design my own blocks sometimes Mm -hmm. and then piecing it. I love samplers and I love to make a bunch of blocks. The sad part is I couldn't even care less if it all gets put together in the end. I just want to see each individual block made. It's just the excitement of getting that block done or creating that block and seeing if I can actually piece it together. When you're piecing it together, is it just the front of it that you're seeing how it goes together? Or are you also thinking about how the seams will go in the back? Oh, yeah, I'm careful with my seams in the back. We want them to lay in the right directions. And, you know, if it's bulky, press them open and all that. I am careful with that. But the excitement of seeing the block itself, like I made a crab block that I drew out on grid paper, and I just wanted to see if I could do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just love that. I love the challenge of trying something new and seeing if I can accomplish it. Wow, that's neat. Describe your worst quilting experience? I'm a long-arm quilter, too, and that's what I mainly do throughout the days that I'm working. The worst quilting experience was when someone brought in a quilt, and they told me it was their mother's quilt, and it was clearly poorly pieced. I don't judge people. I'm Mm -hmm. not the quilting police. (laughs) So I put it on my machine, and it took me hours upon hours upon hours of quilting this quilt. And I felt like in the end, it was a really great job. Gave it back to the lady and she was angry at me for quilting it. And I said, I don't understand. She said, well, you should have given it back to me. You shouldn't have quilted it at all. I said, but you brought it to me to quilt. She said, well, I didn't realize how bad it was. And I thought, why did you bring it to me in the first place? So it really upset me because I felt like I was doing her a favor by going ahead and doing it. And I learned a lesson. If it's really rough, give them a holler. I had taken 17 pictures of it as I did it just so I could show her if there was any questions. But and she knew it was bad. I just assumed that if you bring it to me, you're ready for me to quilt it for you. So that would really upset me, I believe. <laughs> wow. That would be a hard experience. Yeah. I learned a lesson on that one. Mm-hmm. Why do you make quilts instead of 
a different craft or hobby? Our saying is, when life hands you scraps, make a quilt. Because, as I mentioned earlier, in 2009, I was divorced and bankrupt and everything. I mean, like, I lost everything I'd ever worked for, including my husband. The only thing that kept me sane was working on my building downtown. I would go down there with my sledgehammer and just bang the walls, and I remodeled it to a point. And then my shop, when I first opened it, we were only open on Friday nights and Saturdays, and that was because my kids would go to their dads every other weekend, and I was lonely. So what I would do is I would go down to my shop that I created, that rebuilt it, and then we put quilting fabric in. It gave me a peace of mind. It gave me something to do while they were gone, and I always felt like I was working to make life better in some way. So that's why I quilt. And I realized there is such a huge amount of amazing people out there that come through my door. My customers are phenomenal. They bring me so much joy in life that that's why I do what I do. Quilting is a big part of it, the piecing and the enjoying of that. But it's even deeper. It's the people that quilting has brought in my life that makes it just the best hobby on the face of the earth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who do you make your quilts for? I don't really have an end in mind when I make my quilts. It's mainly for display that I put on the wall. And a lot of times people claim them. Like we did a shop hop with several other shops not too long ago that had, we had old trucks all on it. And my dad claimed that quilt. <laughs> so it's just basically I make them for display and then, you know, people tend to claim them. They fall in love with them and they want them. Yeah. Tell me about what you're working on right now. Right now, I'm gearing up for next year. We're getting ready to start a new Saturday sampler. One of them is going to be in Kansas Trebles, and the other one's just going to be in 30s. So we're designing that. And then Moda on the bake shop, they have a winter frost sew along, which is a new block every day. I've been working on that. I've really enjoyed it so far. Neat. I'm also teaching a snail's trail class on Friday. I love to do the snail's trail, and this one's the alfresco pattern, which gives it those, almost gives it a storm at sea look. I love it. Well, that would be neat to see. What does your sewing area look like? Messy. (laughs) 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 I, I am truly a disorganized person. It's kind of sad, but true. It looks like a creative person is in there creating things constantly. I have lots of UFOs because I get really excited about stuff. And like I said, I'm one of those people that just likes to see if I can do it. And then when it comes to like sashing it and finishing it all out, it doesn't excite me as much. But I have lots of projects started, lots of things going on. I'm a little ADHD, so I'm always going. Lots of things to do. Uh huh. Share a tip. Let's see, a tip. Measure your borders, please. (laughs) Uh, That's As a long-arm quilter, that is the one thing if I could tell everybody to do is measure your borders before you put them on. Find a great YouTube tutorial that teaches you how to make sure that they're the correct size because there's nothing worse than quilting a beautiful quilt and having horribly leafy borders on it. Hmm. We've talked about your shop a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Share the name of your shop. The name of my shop is Heavenly Notions. 
I had seen my heavenly notions and heavenly notions, and I wasn't sure which one you used. The shop itself is Heavenly Notions. The website is myheavenlynotions.com. So it it was just kind of one of those domain things. We had to put the my in front of it to get it to work. Okay. And how did you come up with that name? You know, it just came to me one day. And in all honesty, when I was working on my building, I had thought about putting in a sweet shop, like a bakery, because my town really doesn't have much in it. We need more businesses. And it was going to be Heavenly Sweets. And someone put one in before I could. So I thought one day I was thinking I'm going to put in a fabric shop instead. And Heavenly Notions just came to me. Neat. Well, we talked a little bit about this. My next question is describe how you went from having quilting as a hobby to a business. Yeah, we have touched on it some. Mainly we were open on Friday nights and Saturdays, which Friday nights was 5 to 9 in the evening time. And then Saturdays. We just kept getting busier and busier. And if you build it, they will come. I mean, they wanted long arm quilting. They wanted classes. They wanted more fabric. And I kept my regular day job and I just kept working and kept pouring money into this. And we actually outgrew the first building we we were in. We outgrew it and we bought two more buildings and it just got so demanding. I couldn't keep up and I had to make a decision. I either quit teaching close my shop or continue doing both and continue doing both was too much. And I loved my shop. So I thought I'm going to give it a shot. We're going to see where this takes us. And that was five years ago. Yeah. We opened about five and a half years ago. I actually quit teaching two years ago. Well, so you did it for about three, three and a half years doing both. Yes. Yes. It was a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) I could not imagine doing that for three years. (laughs) (laughs) It was tiring, but there were several reasons why I did it. My town is so small and it struggles. So I wanted to prove that a business in our town could make it. I see businesses coming in and going all the time. I read a book called Quitter by John Acuff, and I knew that I wasn't ready to quit yet. Like I had to keep working in order to make this successful. Mm-hmm. I had to build it up enough, and I had to have enough money coming into it to make it successful. I couldn't live off of it in the beginning. Yeah. So just had to just keep on pushing through. Yeah. Share with me about what your store offers. I noticed classes. Did your classes have to go online this past year, or were you able to still do them in your store? No, we still do them in our store. We have two buildings that are joined together, and they're very large, old buildings. And so we built a huge classroom. Social distancing is not a problem in that room. We have a lot of space in there for people. So we continue to do our classes. We haven't been told that we have to shut down here in Missouri. When COVID first started, we did offer a lot of curbside pickups. My daughter, she was pregnant with her baby. So she did a lot of delivery service for me. People would tell us what they needed on the phone or they would call and say, hey, I have a quilt you need to quilt for me. And she would go to their porch and pick their stuff up or drop it off on their porch. And so we kept pretty busy doing those kind of things, too. And I also saw that you have a lot of quality fabric from different manufacturers. What was the process of getting to be able to sell those fabrics? Oh, To be honest with you, this is a really neat part of quilting. 
quilters and shop owners, they usually work well together. And so when I decided I was going to put in a quilt shop, I went to my favorite shop is P-Dubs down in Exeter. I was really nervous about asking her this question, but I went up to Pam and I said, what would you think about me putting in a shop in Granby? And she goes, oh, I just love to help you. And she puts her arm around me and she's like, we're going to set you up with all of my distributors and everything. And so we sat down and she gave me the name of Moda John and the Quilting Treasures Kobe and all of those important people. And she set me up with meetings with them. I mean, she just, she really helped me out a ton. And that was the process of getting all that done was going through her. And it was just fantastic to have somebody that was such a good mentor and get me started. How neat. That is cool how quilt shops work together. It's a neat, tight-knit community. It really is. I've only seen maybe one or two quilt shops that are hesitant to work. But other than that, I mean, if you work together, you're way more successful, I've noticed. And it's, it's phenomenal because we all have different things to offer our customers. And if I don't have it, I feel good sending them to another shop because that's what my customer needs and wants. I want them to be happy with what they get, and I want them to be able to find what they need. That's great. And I also saw that you're an official Nolting dealer. Tell me about that. Yes, we do sell long arm machines. We sell Nolting. Those are my favorite. I have two Nolting machines. As a matter of fact, we have one we rent out. So if people are thinking, hey, I'd like to be a long arm quilter at some point in time, I'm just not sure yet. They can rent one of our machines out and learn how to use it and get a better feel of whether that's the right fit for them or not. My brother, he's actually the sales associate for that. So he goes and he sets them up and everything for us. Wow. Where can people find your business? Physically, we're located at 312 North Main Street in Granby, Missouri, which is right downtown in my little 3,000 people town. We have a lot of online orders. They can also find it at um, myheavenlynotions.com. We try to be very active on Facebook also, just so people can stay in the loop. A lot of our sew-alongs and stuff like that are through Facebook. Thank you for that information. That's great. Is there anything else you would like to share with me? My proudest moment of business, honestly, is when my daughter started working for me. You know, my oldest daughter Mm -hmm. uh, who brings her baby in with her. And she's done a phenomenal job. I'm hoping to kind of pass the torch on to her a few years down the road and let her take over and do more. I would just like to say if anybody's out there thinking that this would be a good fit for them, go for it. This is a phenomenal life change for me to be able to have this store, to run it, to see all these wonderful customers come through my door. My life has changed so much in the positive direction since I've opened the shop that I can't begin to count my blessings because there's so darn many of them. (laughs) So if you're ever thinking about opening one and there's a need in your area, go for it because it's a good thing to do. Good for the community. It is. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Well, thank you for taking the time to call and visit with me. Have a wonderful day. All right. You too. It sure was nice visiting with you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a review as it helps others to find the show? Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website or a Quilters Life Facebook group to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.